Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the UA Podcast. This is the Symbols of Peace series, where each week we talk about a different symbol in the My Hero Academia card game and kind of break it down for you. Uh, I am your host, John Jennings, and with me is my co-host, Ryan Craft. How's it going, Ryan? Pretty good, man. How you doing today? Doing good, man. Uh, happy belated birthday. If you don't know, Ryan's birthday was Saturday. How old were you this year? 333 years old, sir. God damn. I'm a old ass man. No, 33. 33. Nice, man. Nice. Getting old. I was going to say, everything's going to start hurting a little more for no reason. Yeah, just catch, catching up to you, son. I know. It's, <laughs> Ugh, man. But yeah, uh, so this week we are going to talk about the death symbol. We're getting close to being about halfway through the, the first round of this this podcast series, breaking everything down for you. Attacks, foundations, characters. We're going to get all of that good stuff in a minute. But um, Which? Is this first, our sixth, sixth symbol? Fifth symbol? Uh, let's see. We did fire. No, we did order, fire, earth. Void and death. death. So, this is so we're five. five. Okay. So we're just under halfway. We're so. we're almost to the top of the mountain, but we're only halfway there. <laughs> yeah, we're almost. Yeah, we're almost <laughs> there. Um, but first, we're gonna get into some current events. Uh, so you won't hear this live. We're recording on Sunday, but currently going on is the first major My Hero Academia tournament. It's not an official organized play tournament because that doesn't start till next year. Um. But Legendary Wolf is putting on Legendary Wolf Gaming, I should say, in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. Is that right? Yep, the Omaha um, Smash. For all you three eleven aficionados, like uh, myself and Matt, who's not here with us, but uh, that's where three eleven's from. So that's awesome as well. Uh, Ryan, I, I don't, I know you probably don't care about three eleven. No. All I know is that you guys love three eleven and bouncing <laughs> souls. That's all I know about yes. you. Unironically, love three eleven. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's that's going on. Uh, the first day finished up, and we have the top eight from that. Um, and so, as I'm sure most of you know, if you don't know, uh, the big thing about My Hero is there's no diversity rule. So your top eights are going to look a lot different than normal uh, UFS stuff. Um, so the top eights, in order from first to eighth, we have Kirishima, two Kamui Woods, four more Kirishimas, and then a Nomu. Um, and then we'll just round out the top. 12 or so. So after just missing the mark, we have a Tokiyami, then another Nomu at 10. Surprisingly, an Aoyama at 11, and then another Tokiyami at 12. What's, um, just go through 16. What's the top 16? Okay, so that was, that was 12. Then we got a uh, Jiro at 13, uh, Midoriya at 14, Sero at 15, and Eraser at 16. So, okay. a, a pretty good spread. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a ton of characters already in this set. Um, yeah. I, I will say it's I am not shocked at all at the number of Kirishimas at the top of this thing. Um, Ryan yeah. and I both have been beating the drum that he's the best character in the set. Uh, and so I, I'm not shocked by this at all. What, what are your instant reactions to this? Yeah, I'm not shocked that there's five Kirishimas in the top, man. Like, especially with this being the first event with no diversity. Um, mm -hmm. It's like people are just going to play the easiest deck that they can get into a top eight with and have a chance to win some money. Because it is a cash prize event, um, mm -hmm. and like, yeah, he's the best character, and people are just going to play that deck. I don't think he's broken, um, but I think when people are presented two options uh, to get to the same place, they're going to usually pick the easier option, right? I mean, there's other decks people could play to get into a top eight, obviously, but when Kirishima is mm -hmm. so easy to pilot and so powerful, why not just play him? Yeah, I mean, that's like net decking exists for a reason, right? Like, this is it, it, it's he's the best character. Like you said, it's an easy deck to pilot. Um, I, I think just because he is easy doesn't mean that it, you'll automatically get into the top eight. Uh, his powers, his abilities make it easier to get there, but it takes a lot of skill to know when to use them best, when to pick up the right attacks, how to like kind of prepare ahead to pick up the right blocks and that kind of thing. Um, I know there's already been some discussion I've seen on forums and things like that of people bitching about diversity not being in the game because of this. But like, oh, well, it could have been a different character. I really wish we could have seen that. No, that's not what you want. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's let's imagine that Kirishima is actually broken for a minute. I don't know if he is. I haven't seen enough of the game be played yet. But if he is broken and there's diversity in this tournament and there's one Kirishima in the top eight and then, you know, maybe there's like 20 people playing Kirishima, but only one makes the top eight. No one cares at that point because there's only one in the top eight and you just have to beat one of them to actually win the tournament. If there's five of them in the top eight, 
six if you count the guy who's sideboarding into Kirishima every game, then, you know, maybe that points to an actual problem and it will drive some change to the character if there is one. At the very least, it actually develops a real meta to the game instead of everything just being under this blanket of diversity where you literally can't see what's actually going on underneath. You just see whatever, you know, gets gets allowed up to the top. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'd... I would absolutely hate if diversity came back, and I know that you would probably just quit the game if diversity came back. But it would, it, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to. I'd have to think real hard about my commitment to the game if they brought back diversity. Um, I just also, guys, this is there's going to be a lot of hot takes like, oh, we need to ban Karishima, or we we've got to errata him right now. Um, guys, it's the first event. Yeah, let's 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 pump the brakes. Yeah. It's not even an official event. We don't even have pack one DLC in the game yet. Right. <laughs> Let's let's calm down. Um, it, what this shows is that if your deck is going to be competitive, you've got to be able to beat Kirishima. And that's on you as a player to figure out what deck that is and how to play it. If you think, well, my favorite character is Deku, and he just can't beat Kirishima, and that's not fair, well, then you've just got to come to the realization. you gotta, you got to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with yourself and Deku. <laughs> like, Midoriya, I love you, bro. We'll yeah. play in casuals, but in competitive, we're going to sit you aside. We're going to play somebody else. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just not the nature of card games, right? Or especially, I guess, a competitive card game. Like, you're yeah. not, you can't always just play the thing that you love, especially mm-hmm. in a game like this where you have, like, a hero that's sitting out in front of you. Like, yeah, you want to play your favorite character from the anime. I get it. But if your favorite character is, I don't know, uh, All Might um, or something, I don't know, like, you maybe just not be able to play All Might. Maybe you got to go play just something else. Play like Tokiami or uh, Kirishima, even though you might not like those characters. Like that's yeah. you just have to make those choices sometimes in card games. Yeah, it's it all depends on what you want to like. What what is your objective in the game? If your objective is just to have fun, and you don't care about winning or losing. By all means, play your favorite character. Get your promos. Get your promos. Show up. Have fun. Hang out with your bros. Yeah. You know, just do that. That's I totally respect that. But yeah, I I'm a competitive person. I play because I want to win the game. Right. And I and mean, so like, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, like, I, I want to play whatever the best deck is. Like I play I don't play Legends of Runeterra right now because I've been devoting all my time to my hero. But when I played Legends of Runeterra, I was just like, what are the best decks? What has the best win percentage against the other best decks? That's what I played. Yeah. And like, what if I'm gonna ladder climb and you know get to? I can't remember. I think it's master is the top rank. When I got to master, it was like, well, this is what I was playing. I was playing the best deck. And when those decks change, I pick up whatever the best deck is and play that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally respect people who you know that don't like diversity. Like, I get why people don't like diversity. It's because they they do what we were just talking about. They want to play their character, their favorite character. They want to build a unique deck, and they want to potentially win a tournament with it but i just i don't think that gives you any real like it doesn't develop a real competitive meta when you have stuff like that going on because the best deck just never makes it to a point where you can develop around it and find out ways to beat it like you were talking about and like you know realistically there's only one set out like you alluded to earlier um there might just be a best character that doesn't really have a counter right now you probably have to wait till a second set comes out sometimes and if it isn't mm-hmm. Kirishima, it's just going to be another character. And then if you we just if we keep needing wanting people to like ban and errata every character that ends up being the best, there's going to be no characters left except for I don't know like no move five hand size all might five hand size all might like oh yeah no, neither of these characters are busted we'll just all we're all playing these two characters now. Yeah, at that point it's just every character is a blank six twenty five. Let's go. Yeah, and I mean uh, you know what if Jasco can figure out a way to balance the game perfectly where. You know, there's not a best deck. You know, more power to them for being the first company to ever be able to do it. But, mm-hmm. like, realistically, there's going to be a best deck at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just, it is what it is. That's the nature of card games. And, well, I would think also, from Jasko's point of view, you would want to know the feedback from the game. Like, oh, now we know Kirishima. Like, we did in playtesting. We thought maybe we toned Kirishima down, but maybe he's still just too good. He's still a little overtuned. We need to errata mm-hmm. him. Maybe you want that information. But the the problem with, like, snap erratas, like, say say you fix Kirishima for set one. Like, he's too powerful. You, 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 you change his ability so that you can only use his enhance on your turn or something. Or you can only pick up card once per turn or something. 
Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, we did it. We fixed it. Then set two comes out and he maybe he's just unplayable now. Right. Do you want that? That a character from your base set is just unplayable because you made a snap judgment and overreacted to like a few tournaments when yeah. there was a very small pool of cards? No, I don't yeah. think you do. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how many people are actually calling for an errata on Kirishima or anything like that, but I'm sure if tournaments keep happening, he keeps being very prevalent, then those calls will begin. But, like, personally, like, I don't think there should be any changes to any cards until at least the third set. That's, no. just, that's just me, though. Yeah, I, I think at that point you'll have a very, no pun intended, or I guess, a very diverse pool of cards, right? Yeah, like there'll be a lot of stuff to pick from. And and then if he is still if you're still having like half of top eights and maybe like, you know, half of top 20s or top 16s are still just Kirishima's. OK, then there's a problem. Then you need to address it. Right. Yeah. Um, All that aside, now that we've gotten off our soapbox about why diversity is we think is bad and why why we don't want it in the game. I am super excited to see how this tournament uh Finishes up, man. Also, mainly because there's like a thousand dollars on the line, right? Yeah, $1, man. Dollar cash prize. That's awesome. They got Chris Sabat to be at the event. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> the I think voice of all night. I think Miles got to teach him how to play the game yesterday. Oh, that's, which that's seems really pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I got to figure out a time to go out there and go to a tournament or something. I've never been there, and I'll be honest, it's probably impossible now that I have a baby. <laughs> yeah, but. it's definitely gonna be tougher for you. It yeah. had to be a lot of discussions at home to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so Colleen, you cool just like chilling with my, my, my baby's name is Miles, not Miles from Legendary Wolf. <laughs> you cool with just chilling with Miles for, for like a week or so while I just jet off to Nebraska to play cards? Right. Spoilers, no. No, that's not happening. <laughs> also, yeah, I have I, a job too, so I couldn't just leave that. But <laughs> well, That's what PTO is for, man, to go play card games. <laughs> Fair enough. Self, just by yourself. Every day. By yourself, <laughs> without your family. That's yeah. what you use I your mean, PTO I, for. <laughs> yeah, I, I work for the government anyway, right? So it's just whatever. True, true. I don't actually work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you um, know. Yeah. So I guess but, that's all we're going to talk about on this this front, right? Like, I know we don't want to dive too far into the tournament since it's not finished nah, nah, up nah, yet. Nah. Um. Well, after the tournament's over, we'll probably some someone someone in it, uh, a combination of UA personnel will have. A, a discussion about the results tournament of team be, tournament team uh <laughs> they'll, they'll talk about it um but there's no Joffice this week both tim and uh jason were at the event so there's no Joffice. um the only other thing we we still don't know the exact release date for the dlc it's sometime in november whenever that could be you're free to speculate it doesn't really matter yeah um, all the official are. spoilers came out and all the cards are the same as we'd already seen because people mm -hmm. had physical cards and that's where the spoilers came from yep um so yeah no surprises on that front and um, it's still saying november so hey there's only a few yeah. dates that fall under that umbrella <laughs> i was gonna say we're already on it's the seventh as we're recording yeah uh so there's a finite amount of time for it to still come out in november so it's gotta be gotta be sometime soon the sooner sometime the better soon. Yeah, man, because those cards, those cards look good. I like those cards. I just, I just need my my Uraraka foundations. That's what I need. I need my Ida yeah. attacks. That's what I need. Uh huh. Ida attacks. I like, I like that All Might though. I think he's. Yeah, All Might gonna be the best ranged fire deck? Question mark. Ooh, question mark. I don't know. I think Tokiyami's <laughs> still better, but he, he's he's a big beefy boy though. Was he six twenty nine? Yeah. God damn, that's a thick butt. It is. I mean, yeah, we'll not talk about this. this. Well, we can talk about it, shit. I mean, he gets <laughs> he dumps so many cards into his, his discard like so much faster than Tokiyami does because he can do it on every attack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like, he, and he can get Frigid Heat Wave online on like turn two if you like really wanted to, you know? As well, I say, I think he's, uh, he, he's better than both Tokiyami and Todoroki at doing it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, he could also use, uh, was it Self-Assured, the one that blows up to draw for... Every four mm -hmm. range cards in your discard, like he can get that online pretty quick. Yeah, um, uh, and he's also just drawing cards himself, right? Uh, uh yeah. It, with the momentum, it's you like can discard momentum to draw a card. Yeah, draw another card. Just, yep. Uh, I don't know. He's gonna and, be a card drawing machine, man. He is, uh, and I just love that pose. It's so awesome. The the card the card art is amazing. Yeah, it's it's a good art. I like it. Uh, is is it right. his best art? Um. 
Art review time? Let's see. Art review time. The, I mean, the... I'm going to put so them up the, on the screen. the five-hand size All Might is, is pretty good. It's got the, you know, the... Uh, yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, that's, that's more like a, like a WWF like pose, right? True form All Might. He looks like uh, just everybody that uh, sits yeah. in the room and plays games all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's struggling. I don't, I don't like True Form. I like, I do like All Might Three, where he's like punching you. Yeah, the the Gen Con All Might. That one's yeah, pretty good. That one's pretty good. Um, I like that it's art. It's good action pose. Um, I, I just, I guess, I guess I love this, this like the, the it, it encapsulates like the goofiness of All Might. Yeah, where Our, he's like, I'm. I'm gonna beat the shit out of everybody, but also I'm just a giant doofus. <laughs> so, is the art on All Might Three the same as the Gen Con promo version of that card? I think the background is different. It's like like a background, yeah. like a black background or something. Yeah, on it the, has like the Gen a Con one. Yeah, it's got like lasers in the background okay. on the Gen Con one, yeah. but it is I think the same it's the art. Same pose. Yeah. 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 I, I think I would put my money if I had to pick a favorite pose. I think I'd go with uh, All Might Two, the one from the DLC. I think I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Um, well, review time uh, is over. I was gonna say. Now let's let's get into what this podcast is actually about. Uh, <laughs> today we're gonna talk about the death symbol. Uh, kind of break down what its themes, what it's good at, what its uh, where it struggles. We'll talk about some attacks, some foundations. But first up, we're gonna go through talking about some characters. It's got a, a pretty good uh, variety of characters. Mm-hmm. So from the base set, you've got Eraserhead, Bakugo, obviously from the starters. Nomu, Shigaraki, Aoyama. We've got the True Form All Might from the Quirk Packs. And then you've got the Uraraka DLC character. Um, and did you say Ojiro as well? And Ojiro, yes. He's also from the, the Plus Ultra Packs, the Tournament Packs. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of the first symbols where there's not, like, one character that I gravitate to that this is obviously far and away the best character out of this symbol. Um... I, I think it's probably still Racerhead just because he's he has death. So and I think he's uh, one of the better characters in the set. So I'm going to tend to gravitate towards him. But there I just feel like most of these characters are just really solid. I'll, obviously, we've talked about how we don't like Nomu, but he, he's hey, he made top eight. He's in the first ever MHA top eight. He's, it's, he's well, a gangster. unofficial, unofficial. That's true. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's officially happening. Uh, fair enough. I mean, it's it's for cash prizes. That's as good as yeah. anything. That's as official as it needs to be for me, son. Money. I know, right? Um, yeah. So like, I feel like we had the same situation with Void last week, right? Where like mm-hmm. every single character was really good. Um, there was no clear best character last week to me, at least. I mean, I mean, I think we agreed that Kirishima was, you know, really good, but I think he has some competition on that symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think here, um, you don't really have anyone that's really an outlier. No, um, and I'm really interested, I think that the new Uraraka, the fact that she has death, I think is really interesting. Um, just cause she, again, she's a five hand size character that's not really a five hand size character cause she's looping an attack every turn from her yeah. card pool, which is awesome. So you're not really down an attack that way. Um, yeah, she wants to play like Shigaraki stuff, right? Yeah, is that the play? To pick it back up and do stuff. Uh, do it over and over. Yeah, because um, it's, it's just a non-throw attack, I believe. Yep, she says. non-throw attack. If it deals damage, add it to your hand, and your next check to play an attack gets plus two. Yep, that's really powerful, um, especially with some of those high difficulty attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I think Eraserhead is still probably the best character out of these. I Matt and I did some playing this week. He played Shigaraki and I played uh Ciro. And Shigaraki is still as good as I think we all thought he was. I think he needs just a little more he needs a little more card draw maybe to really push him over the top. But that burn ability is so tough. Yeah, I mean just, as soon as you get touched by it, like it, it feels real bad. Especially if yeah. you're playing a seven hander and a quarter of your life just goes away on top of the uh, attack damage. Ugh. I was gonna say it's it's more than a quarter. It's like half, because uh, like most attacks are gonna do base four or five. Yeah, and the he hits you once. And you're like, oh man, I have to completely block this, or it's real bad. Yeah, uh, and once again, I love the theme. Great mm-hmm. theme on this character. He touched me and killed me. Well, just like <laughs> the anime. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I I'm trying to think. 
I really so, want True Form All Might to be better than I think he is. We've talked about this some. I yeah. I like that character. Seven thirty is the nuts stats wise. Uh, I just I just don't think he's good enough. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I not. To admit it. I'm not ready to say that about him yet. I still <laughs> I still think that character has potential. I yeah. think the most. I mean, you and I have been on record on any podcast we've been able to talk about it about how we think Aoyama could be good at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And after seeing what's going on with this tournament, where there's actually not that many eraser heads doing well, um, maybe uh, maybe he's not as locked down in the meta as we thought he would be. Maybe he maybe he can actually be played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing we talked about, right? Is with Aoyama, it's just if you go against a racer, you just kind of you feel bad. You're not really doing much. But if he's not against playing against a racer, I feel like he can really bring the pain. He can do a lot of really good stuff and get in there. Um, his hand size kind of hurts. Like I feel like if he were if he were like a seven nineteen, I think he would be a top tier character. Uh, just because then you could really build up that foundation base and have that more resources to use his ability to fuel them. The, the yeah. six hand size and the lack of card draw really hurts Aoyama. So isn't I guess the trick though is you just play him off Earth, off Earth, right? And you use all of Kirishima stuff to build. And you build you know. and you're flipping your cards back over and yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, we need to talk about Bakugo as well. Obviously, he's a starter deck character. I feel like a lot of people are gonna want to play Bakugo. Um, I think he's I think he's really strong in character. I don't think he's in the running for the top of this list. Maybe maybe you don't think so. Just, I I don't know. Like I think he is, man. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I mean any any character that like does this kind of thing and just can put pressure on is generally mm-hmm. generally up there. Um. I, I think he's pretty good. I, I I could see him like winning a tournament in the right situation. Um, it's not likely, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably just as likely as Nomu or a racer head or uh, you know, anyone else on this symbol. Yeah. Um, and and uh, don't don't take that to mean that I dislike that that character. I think that character is awesome. Uh, anyone that clears their own card pool after an attack for an aggro character is bonkers. See, uh, I just. Proppy. Yeah, see Froppy. I, well, to your point, I think Froppy's just better. Yeah. Um, but she's not in this discussion, so we're not going to talk about her. <laughs> uh, so as far as like what Death does as a symbol from when I played an old UFS, Death was my favorite symbol because I played the eight hand size promo Adon, Death, Legendary Blade, and you just melt faces. Uh, which is kind of cheating because that Adon really did things outside of what Death really wanted to do, which was more Death's always, I felt like, kind of like a denial uh, symbol. It kind of shared a similar space to Void, not quite like the hard control that Void was, but maybe more like discard stuff, maybe more like, because I feel like what the, the symbol foundation do, it was like look, you, you looked at your opponent's hand and discarded a card. Mm-hmm. It was, it was that kind of uh, control, maybe less like negating things, whereas Void might be like, oh, I'll negate this ability or something like that. Death was more just like, I'm going to prevent you from ever trying to do it. Yeah. Um, now, I guess I guess Yoga Mastery had Void too, didn't it? Because that card was just the fucking worst. Whatever, Dawson was like Death Earth Void or something like that, right? All? All, all Death Void? I think it was All Death Void. He had All for we're gonna know. look. I'm on UVS Ultra right now. <laughs> you're probably yeah. right because I can't. Yeah, all Death Void. You're right. Yeah, that, that character was fucking good too. Dawson, that eight was, was he like cards, eight seventeen or something? Yoga Mastery is a bad card. See, <laughs> it's got a six check. <laughs> <laughs> How could it be bad? It's not bad. Yeah, eight twenty Dawson. Back when people could just have eight hand size for free. I, I mean, Adon was like eight twenty two. Yeah, Nakaruru. That's like a 724. Or not Nakaruru. Nakaruru only had like 18 yeah, health or 19 health. Yeah, but she was busted. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Bring her back. Free Nakaruru. Let's look at Nakaruru. Yeah, no, this is the wrong one. 623. Mm. Anyways, 623. continue. Yeah. yeah. Eight, anyway. 819, John. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Totally fair. She literally just uh, committed your opponent's character over and over. Mm-hmm. As I complain about a racer head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like uh, in, in My Hero, Death's kind of in a similar space 
as as void and um there's not a whole lot of discard in my hero which i think is a good thing because it's it's a very npe environment and it should be it, it shouldn't have been as free as it was in ufs i, th- I think that's that's where i come down on it in um, old school ufs and old school ufs back when i played yes please whenever i say when i refer to old ufs i'm referring to tekken or <laughs> earlier because that's when i quit playing yeah he's talking so about like 2009 yes uh <laughs> oh my god I'm so old. <laughs> yep. Yep. 12 years ago, uh, John. Just remember oh, that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. But so I think that's kind of where, where it is. Um, it has. I feel like it's a lot of dealing damage to yourself for temporary boosting, whether it's like destroying your own foundations for a gain or burning yourself for like extra damage or extra speed. I think you've got a lot of that in death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're also. It wants to, every symbol wants to do this thing I'm about to say is putting your opponent in a position to make a bad choice, but death does it and it's like, I'm going to blow up this to make you blow up that. Or I have got this card out here, like Nervous Habit, that says, you can go ahead and like stun something, but if you do, I'm going to make you blow something else up. I'm going to blow this up to make you blow something else up, right? Right. It's uh, it's just like a, a gun standoff, basically, right? You're just like, I've got this ready. You can go ahead and shoot at me, but I'm going to shoot you right back. Yeah, so uh, like Bakugo, Nomu, and Shigaraki all fall into that mold of doing that kind of stuff in death currently. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, Eraser, Aoyama, mm-hmm. All Might, like none of them really do any of that though. So I'm not I sure. Guess, I'm not sure how they fit into the the death identity. Um, Eraser kind of has that right because he can ha- he has Night Watch sitting out there and that does like negate in an enhance right a non character yeah, yeah, yeah. enhance. So it's kind of that way where it's like. It's it's an obvious trap, but you still have to play around it, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's what kind of some of the death stuff is. It's it's sitting out there, you know it's waiting, and you, but you still got to make, you still got to, you still got to play through it. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what death does. Um, it's got some card pool clearing stuff, just because Bakugo has a lot of that going on. And I think that's something that death has really never seen, um, which is awesome for death because if you want to make like more of a death aggro build you've got stuff where you like encouragement or um instant explosive release where you're clearing your card pool which is amazing yeah um i don't know that it's the best defensive symbol it's got a couple of breaker cards from like aoyama um shigaraki obviously erase has breaker on it um yeah um I guess when you're talking about defense, though, you got to look at the foundations. You can't just like breaker. While it's great at defense, it's not like you know, it's not the it's thing that's keeping you alive most of the time. Yeah. So like, just do you just want to hop into looking at the foundations for the set. Sure. And you come back to attacks. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh-huh. So like, let's let's look at just pure defensive stuff, right? So you got in danger. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know he's got to. The attack's damage has to be equal to or greater than your current health to give it minus three speed. Yeah. You got arrogant, arrogant disposition that gives minus three speed to a punch. Uh, um, mediator. Mediator, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you've played actions, you get apathetic to flip stuff. Um, uh, super uh, regeneration. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it, it has a decent amount yeah. of speed reduction, I guess, now mm-hmm. that I'm actually looking at it. Uh, and Super Regeneration is probably the best defensive foundation in the game. Yeah. Um, I, just, just, yeah. That card, that card is nuts. <laughs> so uh, earlier in the week, Matt and I played uh, a series. I was playing Water Zero. He was playing Death Shigaraki. And the second game, he ended up at like two or three health. I can't remember. But he had used three Super Regenerations. And it's like, well, that was, that was the difference in the game. Yep. Um, and with like with super regeneration, obviously you've got stuff like uh, glamorous, where you can after you play gl- glamorous, if you want to, you can just flip super regeneration back over. You're like, well, there's another three health right there. So I didn't see any of that Ioyama deck that was outside the top eight at that tournament, mm-hmm. but I have to imagine they were playing off Earth or Death, right? I would think so. Not life. Um, I'm not sure which a whole lot of what you're getting off life. Yeah, Yama. but I mean, you wanna you wanna be up in that super regeneration flippy unflip game, I would mm-hmm. imagine. But shit, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, you, presumably they're also running the cape with Aoyama, right? Like, yeah, it's possible. Maybe like one or two of it. Yeah. Um. 
Death's also got some some uh, interesting, a uh, little bit of card cycling with uh, Bakugo. You've got that going on with some of the foundation uh, with um, what is it? Latent skill. Uh, latent skill. There you go. And he's got the my, signature right swing that does it too. One of my favorite. Um, those are my favorite types of cards, man. Um, mm-hmm. Things that just let me find more attacks and get buck wild. I love I love discarding foundations to draw random cards. It's great. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're playing Bakugo and you're using something like Burst Speed. Yep, Burst of Speed, and he has the other one that is... Uh, aggressive Temper. Aggressive Temper, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, there's also, I guess, Late Riser, technically, as well. Um, the Eraserhead Foundation. Ain't nobody playing that card, John. <laughs> I mean, it's a 1-5, right? Uh, you can, it is you a 1-5, you're right. You can give combo <laughs> attacks plus one damage. Yep. It's got a unplayable low block. <laughs> yep. So anyways, moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say it's kind of interesting, just on the note of Eraserhead's foundations. He's only got three, and obviously Nightwatch is an amazing foundation, but it's unique. His other two foundations are, like, Mediator's good, but it also blows itself up. Yeah, well, Mediator, I think, is necessary just to be able to stay alive a lot of times with Eraser. Uh, I think it's a really yeah. good card. Because he also mm-hmm. draws you a card while reducing speed. I'm a fan. It gives it minus three, and obviously, you're, if you're playing a racer, you use his ability to give it. So you, at that point, the attack is minus five speed. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, two out of three ain't bad, John. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad, but well, <laughs> but Nightwatch, you only have one in play. Uh, it yeah. moves itself, and Mediator. Again, I guess this falls into the theme of destroying your own foundations for temporary benefits, mm-hmm. right? And then um, Nightwatch, you know, the most powerful foundation in the game by enabling an infinite deadlock combo, John. Uh, oh yeah, can you can you explain that does it to to our listeners if they don't know? No, no, no. All right, so you got Nightwatch. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> <laughs> you got Nightwatch with a deadlock form to flip to add one combo attack from your discard pool to your hand. You can't actually do this off death, right? It has to be all void. Uh, I, yeah, I don't even know what the attack is. To be honest, I can't remember. And then, well, the thing is, you need coordinated effort, which has you, does you not unflip. have to, Yeah, to unflip. Uh, okay. Uh, Nightwatch, if you're in Deadlock. So your Deadlock form flip, add a combo attack from your hand. Uh, you add the four difficulty attack of uh, Ayazawa, of Eraserhead, back to your hand. That's a combo attack. And you oh, just okay. play it over and over on four difficulty, pretty much. Um, I don't know what it's called, but if binding you go into Deadlock... Binding Cloth something. Binding Cloth, the... Uh, no, it's Binding Kick, binding... right? Yeah, uh, Binding, binding kick. kick. Yeah, Yeah. You just play it over and over on four difficulty... Um, and you kill them. GG. Well, actually, all his attacks have combo. That's true. So you can play any any of these. Yep. I guess. Uh, I guess you could do binding cloth capture because at that point, presumably, you play an attack <laughs> or an action, and it'd just be a three difficulty. Yeah, if you're playing an action in void on a care, yeah, and you get all that stuff in play, and you can just check threes over and over. Sure, why not? Yeah, seems good. Uh. The point is, it, technically, I guess it is an infinite combo. It's very unlikely to pull off, though. I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of people going into deadlock. Oh, that's true. Even in that tournament. A lot of deadlocking um, happening. Uh, Yeah, so just a reminder, kids. Uh, Try to always keep away in your deck to destroy your own foundations. Just to yeah. keep yourself out of deadlock. Yeah, dipping in and out of deadlock is necessary sometimes. You just don't want so, to get beat by it. Yeah, so when you see stuff like self-sacrifice, and you're like, well, what's this card? Destroy my own foundation for plus one or minus one. The card's amazing. You need to keep that in your deck. Or something like it. Or something like it. Was it someone with style, I think, while we're on the topic of, of death? Someone yeah. with style, blow up your own foundation to ready, ready it? That's good. Yeah, once per turn, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something. You know, it's not the most amazing outlet. No, uh, but it, but it, it, it does the job. Um, while we're talking about foundations, one foundation I wish were a lot better is Villainous Entrance. Um, Matt and I had this come up while we were playing, because he, he had Villainous interest, uh, Entrance, and he's like, man, I always have this card in play, and I have never once used it. Right? Like, Enhanced Commit to give your Fury Attack stun one is okay, I guess. Like, if you're, if you're going to be able to, you can use it to tap out your opponent, but it's just, it doesn't feel great. Yeah, know. I mean, but like in a meta where there's Kirishima's all over the place, I mean, at least the, the response. That, yeah, the, I mean, the response to make them commit a card they build. 
Yeah, I mean, you commit something. So, like, if you're attacking them, you play your first attack, commit, you attack stun one, and if they build something, you flip it while it's committed, you know? Um, make them commit the thing they just built, and then you can then play your stun one. So they're not really getting that value off their build on your turn. I mean, that's something. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like it's a game-breaking ability when you're playing against Kirishima, but it's something. No. I don't know. It feels like a sideboard card, maybe. Although, um, if Kirishima's going to be everywhere, I guess it's just main deck of that shit. I feel like if this card's not good enough to be in your main deck, there's, there's just no reason to sideboard it because it's not really changing your deck at all. That's fair. Um, so, if you had to pick the top, like, two or three foundations, what you got? My, f- my favorite or the best? We'll go, okay, what, what, is your, what do you think is the best death foundation? Super Regeneration. Super Regeneration. We'll do top, we'll do top three, I guess. Super Regeneration. Okay. Apathetic, and I'm probably gonna go. Hmm, it's actually tough. There's a lot of good death foundations. They're all over the place. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go. I fucking love latent skill. So that's gonna be my third one. Latent skill. Okay. What about you? Uh, super regen obviously is the best. Um. I'll say encouragement. I like. I think that card's really, really good. That was on. Uh, that was in my in my consideration as well. Um, and because I'm a more aggressive player, I'm gonna say first day of class. Yeah. I like, I like that. Uh, given given my next attack, extra checks and stuff like that, or extra make it uh easier to play, and also flipping and reading itself. Like yeah, it lets that. you it lets you like get into your turn without. Mm-hmm. It's like bad luck protection for your first checks, right? Yeah. And that goes a long way. Although, mm-hmm. man, it's going to feel real bad when you use those and then you still just check a bunch of threes after and you're like, well, <laughs> all right. I thought I was good until I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so do you think there is a, a difference between what you think are the best and your favorite? So if I was ranking my favorites, my number one would be different for sure. And it would okay. be latent skill would be my favorite. Then followed probably by encouragement, because um, these are cards that I actually play. I haven't actually built a deck that has a super regen in it yet. And then probably my third favorite foundation would be nervous habit. Actually, out of death. Okay, um, that is a really strong card. Yeah, it's uh, I, I like burning myself to give speed. I like speed, man. Mm-hmm. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. That's the only way to I can't win. Believe you didn't have Nightwatch in either one of those top threes. I'm not a Nightwatch kind of guy, man. Um, okay. I don't play a racer head, and I'm not really playing actions. And also, I'm just, in general, not playing any of those symbols, to be fair. Yeah, that's fair. If you look at all those other cards I named, they also have a different symbol on them that I play. <laughs> that I play. So that's, uh, that's yeah, why like I like fire. those cards. Like fire, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. What about that's you? Fair. You got is your, is your favorite different than your best? Uh, no, I think Super Regen is my favorite out of these. Just because it's it's very easy to abuse, it doesn't destroy itself uh, unlike yeah. a lot of the other good death stuff, which is nice. It just flips, uh, and then you can just flip it back over. Obviously, also I play well, I play Kirishima off good currently, but even when I had him in the Earth build, Super Regen's awesome because use it, flip it, pick it back up, play it again. Yeah, make your opponent mad, and that actually uh, goes a long way. Like getting your opponent on tilt is a very viable strategy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Which is why I'm kind of shocked there weren't more eraser heads near the top there, because you, you think people just get really frustrated not being able to use their character, but maybe it just didn't matter. So there were a number of eraser heads at the tournament, from what I understand. Uh, they mm-hmm. just did not do well. Ah, fair enough. He does seem like he's going to be have a little more of a, a fine touch to pilot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who uh, was playing him. I have you know I don't know anything about that. I'm sure there was good players playing him. Maybe he just wasn't good enough. Nah, Ryan, they're all scrubs. I don't know who they were, but they suck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, well, that's right. going to wrap up the uh, the foundation portion. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about some uh, attacks. Let's do it. I- Hello, everybody, and welcome to the UA Podcast. This is the Symbols of Peace series. We're picking up our discussion on the death symbol. Uh, we've talked about characters and themes and stuff and foundations, and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some attacks. But first, we're going to run 
through uh, the actions real quick. There are two. Uh, there's a race, obviously, with a racer. Don't really have a whole lot else to say about a race. If you're playing a racer head, you got to play a racer. It's good. We talked about a bunch in the Void episode. Go listen to that episode if you want to hear about a race. Uh, we do have another action, and that is Evil Gaze. Ryan, what are your thoughts on Evil Gaze? Yeah, so uh, so we we had to like make a point to talk about this this time because we kind of skipped over it on our fire podcast. Remember, we actually mm-hmm. just completely skipped over <laughs> Evil Gaze. We didn't even bring it up, I don't think. But um, so Evil Gaze zero five plus one mid with a breaker one block. Um, it's doing the Shigaraki things right, where you lose two health and make your opponent make a choice if they want to mm-hmm. block or not. Um. So, I don't know how you feel about this card. I feel like this card is just not quite good enough. Like, I think it's a good card. Um, I just don't know if it's good enough that I would ever put it in a deck. Unless I was maybe playing a seven-hand size character. Because it seems like it would feel really bad to be playing a, a six-hander. And, uh, you know, you throw like an eight damage attack at your opponent. You make it. You lose two health to give it plus two speed. And so, at that point, you've paid two health. You've paid a card. Um... And now your opponent can just not block and keep all their foundations or block and it doesn't matter. Like, you just blow something up. Um, I guess if your foundation base is, like, heavily reliant on one foundation, it, it kind of sucks. But if they just don't block, I mean, what, you're paying two life and a card out of a six-hander for however much damage you're getting through? I don't know. I don't know, man. What, what do you think about this card? Um... I'm kind of there with you. One of the first things I, I wrote for our uh, articles and stuff, I wrote about Evil Gaze because it was the first action that came out. And I, I'm i kind of there with you. If I'm going to play an action, I want it to win me the game. Uh, especially, like you said, in a six hand size character where you your cards are at a premium. Um, and I, I just don't think this is doing it. It's doing a lot of neat things. Like like you said, it's, it's easy to play. It's a zero five. It's got a plus one mid block. It's got breaker one. Um, it's got a speed boost or reduction, and it fits in Shigaraki's theme of blowing up foundations. It's got the deadlock enhanced to just straight up destroy one. Um, and it clears itself from your card pool, right? Like, it removes itself, so that's that's good, too. Uh, it's just, I don't think it's good enough. Um, Matt played it, obviously, in his Shigaraki deck when we played, and it kind of didn't matter. Yeah, and, I mean, the combat tricks of it, of just being able to add extra speed after... Your opponent thinks they've gotten everything to a manageable spot. It's nice. It's a nice way mm-hmm. to push through damage. I just, I still, I don't know if I'd want to, I don't know if I want to, like, pay life and a card for my hand when that situation might not even come up, you know? I might not get to a situation where this surprise two-speed is what gets the damage through to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, I mean, it could happen, you know, but I, I think it could be, I think it could be a little better. You know what's uh, even better than losing two health and giving an attack plus two or minus two speed? Doing nothing and doing it? Yes, just playing Eraser <laughs> and doing it all the time. <laughs> uh, or playing uh, Froppy and doing it all the time? Yeah. Or playing Uraraka. I guess she doesn't give it minus two speed, but she gives her attacks yeah. plus two speed for no reason. This uh, is true. I, I, think, I think it's a neat design. Um, I don't think this card should be an ultra rare. Yeah, uh, I'm, well, so uh, th- some of these cards that we question the rarities on, they were probably designing for draft. I mm-hmm. think this card would be really annoying if somebody had, like, six of them because it was an uncommon in draft, you know? Like, yeah, oh, well, uh, you block, you can't block this if you do them blowing up five foundations at once. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> that wouldn't be great. Yeah. Uh, I guess I see that, but yeah, it's... Evil Gaze is there, maybe... Like with a lot of these cards, we have a limited card pool, so maybe it combos better with something else or a different character later on. Yeah. Maybe there is a better character to play this off of than Shigaraki, or maybe a later, later version of Shigaraki is just better with this and card. I, and I guess let's let's do due diligence on this card and also recognize it can be played defensively with the minus two speed, and mm-hmm. it still destroys the foundation if you block. I do like yep. the card much more in that context. Mm-hmm. I, still wouldn't, I, I still wouldn't want to do it in a six-hander because... What am I doing? I'm building three cards on my turn, holding three, one which is Evil Gaze. I have to use it to reduce speed and lose health to block, and then I'm left with one card in hand. Um, yeah, so at that I point, don't, you're paying, don't love it. Two car- yeah, you're paying two cards and two health to block one attack. Yeah, it's like every every attack is hardened chop at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing it to yourself. You played yourself. Yeah, I mean, 
and so there's situations where it matters, right? If your opponent's got, I, I don't know, if they're like doing stupid stuff with like, maybe they've got a coordinated effort in play and they're trying to go infinite on you and you block one of their attacks and you blow their coordinated effort up or something. You know, may, maybe it matters in some situations. True. Um, it is, it is, you get to pick what it blows up, right? And if they're, if they're doing the, the deadlock shenanigans, uh, if they're, if they're in deadlock, you can just use the deadlock in hands and just blow up coordinated. You don't even have to block the attack. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So I, I would give this card way more credit for being a pretty good defensive card. I think it's I think it's probably really good in a seven hander. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like you're not going to play it in Eraserhead though, right? Because you don't want to play that and Erase. Um, but down the line, there might be an awesome Fire, Evil, or Death seven hander that's more defensive that you would play that in. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about like, say you pop a latent skill or something. And you pitch two foundations, you're like, all right, I just got to draw one attack. Yeah. And I win the game, and you draw not an attack, you draw, like, evil gaze. Fuck. Yeah. This hey, maybe, maybe you, uh, maybe you give your attack speed, they block it, and then you can blow up their super regeneration, and then it's like you got another attack. Eh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's always, you can always theorize the perfect situation uh, in which to use a card, right? Right. Hey, that's that's fun to me. Hey, man, <laughs> any card is good if I think of the perfect situation. Exactly. Uh, well, we don't really have any other um, actions, and we kind of touched briefly on the asset, and I feel like we've talked about the asset previously as well, uh, the, the cape. Um, so let's talk about some attacks. I think this is where death kind of shines. I think it kind of falls into that conundrum that a lot of symbol attacks are going to in, in this this early stages of the My Hero card game, where... Each character kind of has a theme, and all those symbols and all the cards are going to center more around their theme, maybe, and there isn't a whole lot of overlap. I think Death actually has more overlap than some of the other symbols, just between Bakugo, Nomu, and Shigaraki are all kind of doing similar things. Um, and they all have Fury. Those characters all are all about Fury attacks. Uh, so you kind of have that theme as well. Um, but I think with Void, we've just got like a lot of really strong, generically good cards for death attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, anytime you got a character that's part of the rival decks we've seen, like, all those, a lot of those rival deck cards are just really strong, especially the attacks, so it gets a boon from that, just getting boosted up with all the death Bakugo attacks, because if you look through all these death Bakugo attacks, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one that you just look at and you're like, man, that's not good. Um, there's some yeah. niche ones like Exploding Pride. Um, it's probably not going in every deck in every tournament, but if there's a situation where there's characters abusing momentum, that's a really strong card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you, tell you oh, who go it's good against is uh, Sarah because Matt played it against me a bunch because Sarah generates a lot of momentum, making yeah. people off block stuff a lot. Uh, and he was like, "Well, I'm gonna play this card." And uh, I'm gonna burn you for three or four every time I play it, and yeah. we're gonna discard all your. You would think it would be good against Kaminari, but not really though, because he's just making all his momentum and wants to use it all at once. Like in the same turn, he makes it, so probably yeah. not actually good against him. I was gonna say a lot of the characters that want to like have momentum shenanigans is probably not good, unless for some reason they like mess up the combo or they trip up and don't get a piece out correctly, yeah. or you can make them stall a turn, like you said with Kaminari, maybe. You... They add a bunch of momentum, and for some reason, you are able to shut down their turn. Then Exploding Pride is really good. I will say Exploding Pride does feel kind of like a sideboard card. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a low attack. There's something to be said for that. There's spoilers. There's a not a lot of low blocks that you want to play in this set. Um, you can play Late Riser. You can play Late Riser. Uh, one one low attack or one low block you can play. That's great. There's actually a couple. You get signature right swing, which is awesome. It's plus one low block, and it's got latent skill right on it. Right, discard two to draw two. Yeah. So obviously, uh, I love this card because it mm-hmm. does all the things I want it to do. Yeah. Uh, it does damage and lets me filter cards, so I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's a low difficulty. Yep. Uh, and and low, very good low block. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Merciless Rush is a plus one low block as well, and that card's really strong. Some uh, say this is the best attack in the set. Yeah, they're wrong, but that's fine. Are they um, wrong? They are wrong, because Ice Storm is the best attack in the set. 
Correct. You have passed you, the you, test. You, you know why? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, well, Ice Storm is a low attack, and this is a got a plus one low block. I just block it. Well, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> Ice Storm says true. it can't be blocked by attacks. That's true. Got him. <laughs> got him. Yeah, uh, no, but no, Merciless Rush is it's just a really good card. It, it's always it's you know it's a five diff, but if you're playing in a five hand size, then probably it's a four difficulty. And there's even a chance in a six hand size character, it's a four difficulty. I I don't know that I want to run a whole like four of it in a six hand size character because you're more than likely going to be playing against another six hand size character. Um, yeah. But it's got a strong enhance, you know, blows up foundations if it's a t- completely blocked. It's got EX on it. It's not bad. Um, I, if we're talking about best death attacks, though, I think we're best talking death. about I think we're talking about something like a uh, a, a howitzer impact. I think you, that's got, you just, got that in your best conversation. I well, I, I think it's I think it I think it deserves to be talked about in the best conversation. You're just talking um, about like like the the strength of the card, or just like the pure like being above averageness of it, like off the stats. You know, off being stats, you're going... Being, being above average stats-wise, because it's not... I don't think it's really a six-difficulty attack, right? If you're yeah. playing it in your deck, and you're playing it as a six-difficulty attack, you have fucked up. Right. So it's like a four-difficulty, uh, six-low for six. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you've had to destroy multiple foundations to get to that point. But, yeah, like, off of raw numbers, that's really good. It's also got a plus one high block, which I think is really important. There's a lot of high attacks, a lot of really good high attacks. Yeah, you want some good high blocks in your deck, no doubt. Um, I think we're also talking, we got to talk about Relentless Barrage, right? Because it's if you're playing Bakugo, there, there's an infinite combo for you. I guess not too infinite, it does cost well, it's, but it's, it's infinite until it hits them for a bunch of damage. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, health is a, it's a resource. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it adds up. It adds up. Uh, I mean, obviously, we got to talk about Nitro Explosion. I don't know that this is a great death attack, just because I'm not sure what death is really doing with momentum. I don't think it has a whole lot. I mean, you can get well, something powerful, too. With yeah, it, I was right? going to say. <laughs> I, I, guess that's, I guess that's the thing you do with it. But outside it's, of that. This is a one-card combo. It does everything you need. That's fair. So, yeah, I mean, death has access to all, a ton of Fury attacks, because it has all Bakugo stuff, it has Shigaraki stuff. Even Aizawa has a single Fury attack, I believe, and... Binding Cloth Assault. Um, I mean, oh, and Nomu. Nomu stuff is Fury, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have as much access to doing Fury shenanigans with Powerful 2 as anyone else does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem... The more so the problem is you don't have ways to clear your card pool in death outside of Bakugo consistently to actually use Nitro Explosion Ignition. So if you're playing Death Bakugo, yes, this card's probably really good. If not, you're kind of just relying on... How, however many encouragements you have in your your card pool, yeah, or in your just uh, yeah. in your stage, I mean, so uh, that or explo- instant explosive release. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, which um, it's a good card. It's I think it's a very good card. Uh, so we'll, okay, we'll, we'll we'll go top three best death attacks, or even you don't have to do top three. What do you what do you, what would you say just best death attacks? Hmm. I realize we haven't talked much about the racer heads. We haven't gone through a lot of stuff on death attacks yet, but we can go through that here in a second. Um, if God best death attack, this is actually tough to answer. Um, if we're judging by the number of them that I pulled from my boxes, it's Gale Force Punch because we got like fifty of them. Yeah. But if if we're not using a stupid measurement, then um, maybe. Man, this is tough, dude. Um, I think it's I think it's ironically maybe Uraraka's attacks. <laughs> Her, Her DLC attacks. attacks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well may I think it's probably Relentless Barrage for me. Relentless Barrage? I can see that. Yeah. It's, I think that's that's probably where I would land on it because it's it's essentially a multiple attack. Mm-hmm. Um it's not as good as a multiple attack, just to be clear. But it's as close as we can get to a multiple attack currently in the game. Um, that or man, I don't know. I like Naval Laser Beam a lot too because it's like it's Breaker Two and it unflip was one of the only cards that unflips things in the game right now. Yeah. Um, 
But then, yeah, I mean, Float Combo and Pillar Swing are both really good. I, I think I would go with Relentless Barrage is the best, though. Okay, I can, I can get behind that. Um, I do kind of wish Turn to Dust were slightly better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like it's just missing a little... It's got Stun 2 printed on it, which is ridiculous. It's one of, I think, two or three cards that have Stun 2. Uh, Pillar Swing, another death deck, obviously has Stun 2. I think there's one more that has Stun 2. Um, um, giant, giant Ice Wall. Yeah. yeah. And it gives um, your next one Stun 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just not doing quite enough. I think it's... Maybe its stats were a little bit better, like five for four high for five. I get it's got EX on it, but it's just not it's just not quite there, I feel like. Yeah, I am interested to see how Crow and Frog takedown rolls into the the meta with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be much worse in Tokiami than it will be in Asui. Mm-hmm. But I think it could be good in anyone who wants to play ally or range stuff because it just doesn't count towards progressive. Yeah. Um. I guess in uh, I just I can't think of any foundation you would want to ready with Tokiami right now. But with Asui, you can ready her, which mm-hmm. is good. But with Tokiami, yeah, you just gotta find something that's if they add some really strong like form commit foundation that just does something awesome for you and you can ready uh, that. That'll be good. Well, I mean, so it's obviously not in death that. But- Crow and Frog take down. I have uh, infinite, but if we're if you're readying stuff, you could ready irrefutable force of nature and steal something again. That's true. Yeah, that's actually um, a good call. And then, uh, yeah, I, I I'll also talk about double front beat down because it has the Bakugo response on it or the Bakugo enhance. Yeah. Um. I, so this card, there's a version of this card that existed in regular the old game. We'll just call it the old game. Um. That's you know, you add it to your card point or reduce attack back so it's printed, but it it discarded the top three cards of your deck to give you all the foundations. I don't know how good this will be in Bakugo. Um I just don't think it's not doing what Bakugo wants to do, right? Probably better in a Midori deck. Um, I mean I guess the argument is for Bakugo is it's fueling his ability, right? He's he's getting fresh foundations to then use his enhance to destroy him. That's true. That's true. But um, it's, a, it's a one check, and if you're trying to play aggro, you don't want one checks, right? Yeah, so I, I feel like Matt and I talked about this, and if you're, you may have been there, but I don't remember. If you're playing this, you're playing it a one of, and you're kind of mulliganing aggressively for it, I feel like, so that way you're not checking it. Yeah, I could see um, that. Outside of that, I don't, I don't it, it does have like a close to an I don't die card, right? Yeah. Because uh, you just pop it. Even if you're playing, like, obviously you're playing against uh, Ojiro, he's the ability, the speed can't, re- they're recipro bursting you. Speed can't be reduced, but the damage can. Right. Um, so you play from do that and you just put it in your hand or just put it in your card. You're like, oh, well, there you go. Back to whatever, yeah. back to six. Still a lot um, of damage, but still. Still a lot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Gutter Punk Elbow, the other DLC attack. Um, uh, Cancel the next non-character ability Rebel plays. It's not going to be as good as you want it to be. I got bad no. news. Um, they can do any <laughs> dumb thing they want to. and Yeah. I mean, it's... Look, they, they still have to do it. And more importantly, it's on defense, right? I guess yeah. I guess there's something we said that you're using it on defense and the number of defensive abilities that they want to use are limited. Um, and then... more. I don't know. It's just, like you said, it's just not as good as you want it to be. Yeah. And it stops after this enhanced step. This attack is a five damage attack with symbols that generally don't make the attack get really big. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they just take whatever five damage or they just block this attack and they don't play abilities or whatever. And then the ability just dies by the time your next attack goes off. Yeah, so, I guess if you've got some momentum, you're looping cards back to your hand, right? Like, that's not bad. Uh, but it's got to be a weapon card, which means you're probably playing Eraser Head off of all. For the Momo attacks, yeah, right now or, that could obviously change in the future. But yeah, um, yeah, combo off of a weapon to pick the first card in your card pool up uh, at some point. Yeah, I, I might be something his, sweet. Yeah, I guess most of it is have weapon as well. Never mind. It's but, unfortunate um, that this attack itself doesn't have weapon on it. That way, you could be an infinite combo with itself. <laughs> hey, maybe they saw that and like, ah, let's not do that. <laughs> um. 
But like, like we said, kind of like with Void, I feel like Death's got it's got a lot, it's got a very strong attack base. Um, you're probably gonna be playing a lot of Bakugo cards just because that's where we're at right now with a lot of these. If they've got a, they share share a symbol with Midoriya or Bakugo, which everyone does, you're probably gonna be playing some combination of their cards in your character. And Death really benefits from the Bakugo attacks, whereas Midoriya maybe you're running more of the uh, foundations or something. But Bakugo, yeah. man. Those death attacks are sweet. They're just all, they're just all kind of a problem. Yeah, and then uh, I know we, if we want to try and rewind really quick, I know we did best death attacks, but favorite death attacks is once again different for me. Ooh, okay. What you got? Favorite death attack is probably instant explosive release, because I love shenanigans. Yeah. Love shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I love that card. It's. It's uh, we talked about it before with fire, but it's just so great because like, I'm gonna play this stupid attack first. It's a you probably think, ah, oh, whatever, I'll take three. It's like, oh, did you take three? Bam! It was I'm... a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. I'm clearing my card pool. I'm getting momentum. I'm killing you with plus ultra whenever I get those. You're dead, mm-hmm. son. You're dead. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's so good, and it like the fact that it's not you don't ha- it doesn't have to be blocked or unblocked for the the card pool clearing to happen. It just happens. Yeah. So uh, you go you go poo poo attack into instant explosive release, you get your momentum into naval laser beam and you unflip some foundations. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Great combo. Or or playing true form all might, because he has death, you drop down five hand size all might, give something powerful, whatever. Then you're like, bam, I got all these all this momentum, <laughs> blow it up. Yeah, boy, let's go. We're Man, pretty much big brain moves. We're geniuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that's gonna kind of round out our discussion on death. Now is the time of the episode where Ryan quickly pulls up the random number generator, <laughs> and we figure out what we're gonna talk about next week. All right, so we're gonna do something new. You got to predict what the number's gonna land on this time. Oh my god! Gotta... So it's one through seven. Uh, or one through six. Next week, it's one through seven, because this will be... There's seven symbols left. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll say four. He's guessing four. What an idiot. God. It's the stupidest guess I've ever heard. Oh my god, it was four. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What an an idiot that would guess four and be correct. Good lord. It's like the highest... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so four. Uh, Let's see what that is. Um, air. All, uh, I'll say evil. I think it's evil. Air. All. Chaos. We've done death and earth. Evil. Bang. Evil it is. I got the number and the symbol right. Yeah, you did. What a what a guy. Uh-huh. He's there. So next week we'll be doing some evil shenanigans. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Exciting well, times. Yeah. Uh, so this week, obviously, we've got some other stuff coming out. We'll have a, I think we have an article on Wednesday coming out. Do we have a deck profile or something from either Chris or Drew? I think Matt actually did something, right? Oh, that's right. Matt has a, uh, a death uh, character profile, right? Or deck yeah. profile. He has a deck profile for someone that I can't remember. So you heard it here first, a death character. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, so this will go up Tuesday. Uh, as we previewed earlier, we may or may not. I think I think we'll probably have something else coming up about the the tournament. We'll kind of kind of go over that, uh, talk about some results and kind of initial thoughts coming out from that. Um, other than that, uh, guys, have a good week, and I appreciate you listening. Ryan, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, man. Uh, just. Like always, make sure you check out the website. I'll have mm-hmm. all the. I'm I'm gonna tell you, uh, universesacademy.org. Matt's been working on making a lot of cool content over there. Still, he's working on uh, getting all the lessons that he's done into video format that uh, is a little easier to digest than going through the classes, which is gonna be good. But it's still a good resource for people to go and learn to actually play the game if they've uh, never played the game before. Um, and then. Uh, we also still have our ecommit ufs.wordpress.com with all the written content on it. So I've actually started posting all of the everything we do over there. So 
podcast will be posted there. Written content will be posted there. The quick hits and the deck profiles. And then um, I got the Facebook updated to have a uh, more uh, a better URL, so it's easier to find. So facebook.com slash Academy. That's where we nice. make all of our social media posts, so you can find everything pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, we're trying to do some Twitch streams every now and then. Um, usually on Thursdays, I think, is the plan at twitch.tv slash Academy. And mm-hmm. I think that is all the, the social media things, but uh, I'll put a link to everything in the description. That way it's easy to find. Nice. Appreciate you doing all that stuff, Ryan. Not uh-huh. a problem, man. That's what I'm here for. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the UA Podcast. Uh, come back next week. We're going to talk about evil. And uh, I am John Jennings and for Ryan Craft. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys have a great week. Peace. All right. Bye.